How's it going, guys? Welcome to episode 75 of Fear Frequency. Uh, I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne, and George is here, too. What's up? This one actually is 75, <laughs> right? I think this one's actually 75. Because last two weeks ago, we did one, and we called it 76, and it was 74. <laughs> but this one, we're back on track. It's 75. <laughs> we're almost at 100. It's pretty cool. We're three quarters of the way there. I yep. feel pretty good about that. We're, we're getting there. Um, we got a lot to talk about this week. First up, we're going to talk about some games we've been playing. We're going to talk about some horror news, some huge Halloween news, obviously. Then we're going to talk about Stranger Things 3 and Crawl. Uh, do we have any new emails or reviews, though, George? Uh, yeah. So we did get a new review, which was five stars, and its title is Very Good Podcast Made Better. This is uh, by Kyle at K9. Who said? Okay. Have been listening weekly for a while now. Super fun podcast to listen to. Great idea to expand to games and other topics as well. Keep it up, my dudes. That's a great, great review. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like talking about games too. It makes it more fun. Uh, do we have any emails? Uh, yeah, we did actually also get an email. This one is from uh, AJ Siemens, who says, "Question: Do you guys think we will ever see another slasher movie crossover? Love the podcast and keep up the great work." Um, between, like, Michael and Freddy and Jason, I don't know, maybe, I doubt it, because we're not going to get a Friday the 13th movie for a long time, Nightmare on Elm Street isn't coming back until The Conjuring stops making money, and that leaves Michael Myers, so, I don't know, but Warner Brothers owns, um, you know, Leatherface, Freddy, and Jason, technically, so Mm -hmm. if they ever get to the point where they bring those characters back, then I guess, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only way I could see it happening, like, if we got a crossover slasher movie next year, it would have to be, like, within a universe, so it would probably be, like, within the Conjuring universe, like La Llorona versus the Wolfman from Annabelle Comes Home or something. I feel like they'll get there eventually. They'll, like, run out of ideas, and then (laughs) they'll just do all of the spinoff monsters in one movie or something like that. I don't know. I I can see them. Jason's, like, as good as it got. Yeah. I don't think they can really do better. No, and I don't think we're going to see something like that for a long time, if ever. Yeah, it'd be cool if they redid that with, like, people who actually knew how to direct a horror movie and it wasn't made in the early 2000s. <laughs> that would be nice. It sucks that they chose the arguably the second worst decade for horror, early 2000s, right after the 90s, yeah. to, re- to make that movie. Like, they just missed... The horror renaissance. I know. <laughs> it's just it's weird timing. But it, it's done really well for what it is, so I think that definitely still holds a special place in our hearts. Yeah, I love that movie. So th- I hope that answers your question, AJ. Thanks for listening. All right, George, what have you been playing these past couple of weeks? Uh, so I just picked up Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Switch. And I played that all morning until my Switch battery died. <laughs> like, I turned it on and played it until my Switch died. I see a lot of people saying, it's like, it's Marvel Ultimate Alliance. If you like that, then you'll like this. And I don't think those people played Marvel no. Ultimate Alliance. Because it, the, like, level of quality and just, you know, the overall technical aspect of it and the graphics and everything, this feels like a triple-A game, unlike the other two Marvel Ultimate Alliances. Like, those were almost there. And I feel like this one finally realizes the potential of that franchise. Yeah, I mean, I, I recently tried to go back and play 1 and 2 in preparation for this, um, and they're pretty rough. <laughs> like, even couch co-op, when, you don't, when you're not playing with computer AI, it's still tough, because the bosses are all really simple, and the level design is, like, not great. The character voice acting is pretty bad, and the cutscenes haven't aged well, so... <laughs> this, at least, takes a lot from the movies and from the Marvel TV shows, like the Jessica Jones's character design is almost the exact same as the TV show. Uh, and so they're, they're at least picking like relevant storylines people know. So I think that makes the story flow a lot better and you don't need to know anything from the previous two games. Yeah, it basically takes the story of uh, Endgame and makes it like if it was in the comics instead of in a movie. Right. So they can do all this wacky shit. I like that they use the guy who voices Peter in uh, the PS4 game. For yeah, him. that's cool. That He's still Spider-Man in this, this game too, which is cool. I like that he's the like video game Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope they keep doing that where he's the boy. 
And yeah, uh, like I like that, Nolan uh, North as Rocket. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, if they get Spider-Man in that Avengers game, hopefully <laughs> they pick up on... Well, I guess they probably can't, because I think Sony owns Spider-Man, so I don't think they Did put him in that game. Did you see the leaked Comic-Con gameplay of that game? No. Oh, man, it looks bad. It looks rough. <laughs> there, the first part of it was, like, Thor, and mm-hmm. he plays exactly like Kratos from God of War, obviously, because his hammer does the same thing, where he right. throws it and it can come back, but... You know, like, Thor can fly, and he can jump over things, and there are gated combat arenas where it'll be like a bus is blocking your path, and then there's, like, a little stone wall next to it, mm-hmm. and he has to, like, you have to, like, do a, a quick time prompt to get through the stone wall, and it's like, <laughs> why didn't he just jump over it? Like, he's fucking Thor. <laughs> yeah, that so, seems... I don't know. That game does not look very good. I don't know why. It doesn't no. look very good either. It's, that sounds pretty goofy. <laughs> There's like no excuse for it to look the way it does. I don't like Crystal Dynamics knows how to make good games, obviously, because they made the first two Tomb Raiders. Right. And they had human looking characters in that. Everyone looked just fine. But this one, it's like they wanted them to look like they do in the movies, but they couldn't get any of the right actors for it. At that <laughs> point, just diverge it. Like, make it different. Right. Like, go full comic book with it, with it at that point. Like, really make the costumes something your own. Not, like, put a bulletproof vest <laughs> on Captain America. Yeah. yeah, but I like Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 a lot. I'm really impressed with the level of, like, cutscene detail. They have legitimate cutscenes, multiple yeah. ones in every level. People the are buying, like, comfort food. It feels cheap. This game feels like a big-budget game, which was the biggest fear we both had for it. I remember yeah. we both said it looks like a fucking mobile game. Right. Which that- it did when they announced it. <laughs> yeah, like, the cutscene trailers that they put out and, like, the early gameplay stuff looked like it was one of those freemium games for your iPhone that comes yeah. out every week for every franchise. So I was like, great, this is going to be a phone game, but on a Switch. But it actually feels like a full Marvel Ultimate Alliance game, but better. I mean, the combat's fun. The areas are cool. The way they introduced the story is good. The level design's been fun so far. You know, you have, like, the Infinity Stones, and it's all stuff you know. So I think if you're at all into, like, a third-person action game, pick this up. Yeah, the one thing I think it's missing is actual cosmetic customization. Because I saw they have separate costumes you can unlock, Mm -hmm. but they're all just, like, alternate colors. They're the same costumes, but different colors. Yeah, it's nothing crazy. But... They figured out how to make Captain America look right, so <laughs> they've got a leg up on the the Square Avengers game. I don't understand, like, that Captain America, he looks like the ones from the movies, but if you made him into a comic book form, but the voice actor sounds great. It's like Team Ninja, a Japanese team who's, like, always been super over the top with their shit, was able to figure this out. I don't right. understand. But the, the one character I've noticed who looks terrible is Elektra. They have a character model they could have used for her from the show, like Jessica Jones, but they used her, like, goofy do-rag look. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's quite odd. I've been playing, other than that, uh, I went back to Dead Cells, Mm -hmm. and it's been, like, almost a year since I played it, but they definitely made that game easier, because when I was playing it a year ago, I had never reached anything close to the last room like where the boss is right but i've successfully gotten to the last boss three or four times this week just okay i don't know that's from how many weapons i've unlocked they've done a lot of tweaking that game it runs a lot better and it looks better now they did a graphics update i think and just more weapons are in it it's still so good that's easily one of the best games on switch if you don't have it you need to play it and then also i don't know what possessed me to do this but i did two like, I did a complete playthrough of Resident Evil 2 Remake. <laughs> like, I just started over. Because I got, originally got I got it early, which was great. Mm-hmm. But I got it for PS4. And that is a severely lacking version compared to both the Xbox One X and the PC. Mm-hmm. Like, the PS4 Pro just does not Doesn't have the power for it. As good as it could. Yeah. So, I got a free copy of 2 and... Uh, from some graphics card thing like we got at work mm-hmm. so i was like oh okay i have it on pc now i'll give this a try and that game is great it is it it's very small but it's still really fun like the graphics are great i like the way the zombies feel they're very romero-esque where they're still they have weight to them yeah. which i think is good they're not just like 
bullet fodder that you have to run through. Also, like, like, the zombie grabs you, it's bad. Right. And the police station is designed in a way where all these interlocking corridors make sense, and as you play it, you, like, remember where things are and how to make your path through it in ways that you want to go, which is cool. Um, Yeah. I I did both um, Claire and Leon's A playthroughs, but I haven't done either of their Bs yet, but um, I was thinking about maybe going back and doing that. I don't understand. So, Claire's apparently the canonical, like... A playthrough, uh-huh. and then Leon's a B, but Leon is harder in his A playthrough than her A playthrough, because you have to deal with Mr. X a lot more throughout the entire story, and I did Leon's B playthrough this time around, and it's even harder. Oh, really? Like, it starts you... You know, so if you start the Claire playthrough, you get to that point where you go outside and it's raining, and then you meet Leon at the gate? Yeah. That's where it starts. Okay. So you start at that point... You still get to explore the entire place, and it gives you a better pistol that uses heavier ammo, so it's like a better critical chance to get headshot blow-up kills. Mm -hmm. But Mr. X is basically in the game immediately. It's like five minutes. So at that point, you only have a pistol, so it makes it a lot harder to run away, and it makes it a lot scarier when you have to get the jack to move those bookcases and stuff. (laughs) But uh, apparently in the first game, like when it was out on Super Nintendo or whatever... Mr. X didn't show up until the B playthrough. Like, the entire A playthrough, he just wasn't in the game. Yeah, and he didn't look like Mr. X in this game. Like, he was in his tyrant form already. And they didn't have the trench coat, I guess, Mm -hmm. form in the original version. But he's... I don't know which is a better final boss. I just like William Birkin a lot more. His design is cooler. Yeah. But if you do the B playthrough... I don't... They kind of half-assed it, where... there's stuff like where um, Sherry's mom, you know, she she's a, like plays a part in, towards the end of the game. I don't want to spoil it in case people haven't played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you still get the same Leon cutscene with her where something happens to her, but it happens to her in two different ways. And they kept it like that for the B playthrough. There's just weird continuity stuff. It's yeah. like, why didn't you just make different cutscenes, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, it's like um, trying to reuse stuff. Yeah, you, you get an extra boss fight, too. You get um, William Birkin's final form real mm-hmm. quick. You know, you, it teases it in your A playthrough when that thing busts open the train doors. Right. You get that. That's like a whole boss fight. It's pretty cool. And then you get the real final cutscene, which is pretty good. I played through the fourth Survivor mode. That was great. The other DLC is just not that good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of fun. It just doesn't... It's it's a side story type thing that where it's like what if so it's not actually part of the story mm-hmm. and it adds in different zombies or whatever I was like I don't know I don't like this but I like Fourth Survivor. Um, overall, that's definitely my game of the year so far. <laughs> like that's I think that's the best thing we've gotten. It's so good. Yeah, that that really was an an excellent game and just awesome all the way through. Such a good survival horror game through and through. Yeah, I don't. I want so right after that I picked up Resident Evil 7 again. And that is a much better game than Resident Evil 2 just overall. They're doing very similar things like where it is really a return to form where you're exploring the Baker estate and you're getting keys and you right. know unlocking doors, you know, backtracking. It's very Metroidvania-esque. But the people don't like the molded, but they're the exact same as the zombies in Resident Evil 2. There's a little less detailed, but they're still scary. I think they're good, good enemies. And the Bakers are better bosses than anything in Resident Evil 2, especially the yeah. Jack Baker fight. They for sure the, just have a lot of character to them. Like, yeah. It's cool that they're it, set up in the beginning they can of the talk game. To you still. Right. Yeah, they, they still have like their wherewithal. They're crazy, but they still talk, and that makes them scarier. And just the whole sequence where the cop comes to the house it's very pulpy it feels like a texas chainsaw it honestly feels like texas chainsaw 4 level of like kooky yeah or even texas chainsaw 2 but it doesn't lose itself it's yeah. like still one contained story yeah they definitely have some really good moments in there like I, I didn't really think about this until now but they have that like mr x-esque part of the game where the guy is chasing you through the hallways with the axe and you have to like yeah. avoid him, and you can just hear his footsteps stomping around down the halls and stuff, so you know when he's getting close to you, which is very similar to, to Mr. X, but um, also like a really effective and, and creepy part of the game. Yeah, and making you watch that whole game through a VHS filter is super smart, and yeah. 
getting to play through all those found footage tapes. I really like the Ghost Hunter type show one. That was yeah. just so cool. The shooting yeah. feels really good in that game. I like getting upgrades and stuff. Just the the world building is totally on point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People, they are working on Resident Evil Remake Three. So I don't know what the what'll come out first. I kind of hope they go eight and then three because eight there were some leaks and it is going to follow. You're still going to be playing as Ethan, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Chris Redfield DLC for seven was basically reveals that like uh, Plum, I almost said Blumhouse <laughs> Umbrella Umbrella is like reformed as a private military company by Chris Redfield, and so it's called Blue Umbrella now. Uh huh. And so, the company, the company that makes the Evelyn girl in um, Resident Evil Seven, they're called the some they have some other name, and they're working on. She's like the E series. That's why her name's Evelyn or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then so, it, you're basically going to some island, where they're making all of these like weird genetic experiments. And I heard that there's going to be like monkeys, like they're doing animal experiments and all this stuff. So. Um, I think they've got a good storyline going forward. So I would expect that the mainline games, until at least Resident Evil 9, are going to be first person still and feature those characters in that storyline. Like, it's not going to be another soft reboot. Right. Which is something I know a lot of people are scared about. Yeah. But, and I think it'd be smart to kind of release them in that um, order where you do mainline game, remake, mainline game, remake, if that's what they're going to keep doing. Yeah, I wonder if they keep going all the way up to 4. Like, 4 doesn't need a remake yet, I don't think, but... But if they went back to 1, remade RE1. Yeah. Could be interesting, I don't, I don't people know. People want them to do Code Veronica. Yeah, I've seen people ask for that, too, so... They got options. So, if they need to remake games, they definitely have a backlog that they can work from. I think the Revelation series is done, which is fine, because Revelations 2 is just really disappointing. It just doesn't play well. I've tried to go back and play it so many times. It doesn't play like the first Revelations. Yeah, it sucks because the first one was so like good. Like five, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, the first one's great, and it runs. That first one's great on Switch. Yeah. You know what is good in two though? The raid mode. The raid mode is great. It's it's almost worth buying the two pack just for that raid mode because it's it's like a separate game, really. Uh, it's a good replacement for Mercenaries, but I don't know. They got a lot of options with that series. Uh, that's pretty much all i've been playing i played tetris 99 a lot for a whole week a weekend to oh get yeah <laughs> that game's cool it's a good like nintendo online game i might pick up dragon quest builders 2 but i'm kind of like weighing that between um fire emblem yeah i i think i'm kind of more leaning towards fire emblem at this point um but yeah. builders 2 has gotten some excellent reviews and, and also looks like it'd be right up my alley so it just depends. The top of my list is Wolfenstein Youngblood. That comes out in a couple... I think next week. Yeah, or this and then week. end of next month we have the Blair Witch game. So we got some stuff to look forward to. Yeah, so that's cool. That's pretty much everything I've been playing. But I hear Dr. Loomis coming in hot <laughs> with a huge, huge Halloween alert. So... Is this the biggest <laughs> Halloween alert that we've ever had? Yeah, because it- we weren't podcasting when... <laughs> You know, this one was Halloween announced. 22 yeah. was announced. So, yesterday I'm driving to work and I see my Twitter blowing up, on, and I'm like, "Oh shit, what's going on? Like, what did I say?" <laughs> this, that's my first thought. Like, what did I say in a YouTube video a long time ago? <laughs> Anyways, I like open my phone. I see this like people sending me this Instagram video on Twitter. They're sending me a link to it. I'm like, "That's weird." So I open it up, and it's like this trailer. That's like the Laurie Strode saga isn't over. And it basically announced Halloween kills and Halloween ends. The funny thing is, it's such a budget trailer. Like, it's so cheap looking. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically all footage from the end of the original movie. I thought that kid, there's this guy, you've de- if you follow me on Twitter or you follow any of the Halloween crew like me, Drum Dums, Cody Leach, you know, Dave McCray, all those dudes, you've definitely seen this guy, Caleb Cassio. He makes marketing materials he like tries to replicate them in the style that of like the official movies um i thought he this was something he made that like a fan made yeah i was like oh great like this dude's shit's going around again because it it, it happens a lot on instagram where his stuff gets picked up and people think it's real and then send it to me yeah (laughs) but no it's real they're they're doing two more halloween movies one's coming out october 16th next year which is funny because we that was the leaked date and that one's called halloween kills 
And then in 2021, on October 15th, almost exactly a year later, we're getting Halloween Ends. And there was a press release later in the day, David Gordon Green's coming back. They're using that treatment that, so the, all of these rumors are true. So we thought that Scott Teams one was fake. No, turns out they are going with his treatment. But what I'm assuming is he worked with a story idea that David Gordon Green had initially. Right. Then, shaped it out then they brought david gordon green back got jamie lee curtis back no word on john carpenter doing anything other than executive producing and no word on if james jude courtney is coming back which is the one worry that i think a lot of people have um but i think this announcement came literally as soon as they could because two day, three days ago two or three days ago jason blum was like i'm leaving virginia now for a secret trip to south carolina Secret right. mission. And then like two hours later he's like mission accomplished. So I, I what I think happened is he like basically probably went to David Gordon Green's house and was like, yo, I'm let's sign the papers. Let's get this going. I got the okay from Universal. Right. And then they threw this video together to get out ahead of, not to to confirm the leaks basically. Right. Because the there, there definitely happening. were there were a couple leaks and rumors going around about months months of them yeah i mean that were basically this exact thing and so i think they just wanted to come out and say yeah that's all true <laughs> we're getting two more i kind of a, I had a feeling something was going on for that because i did that video last weekend on how michael could have survived and then uh turek he's a if you guys don't know if you're a newer listener he's a vp over at blumhouse he's overseeing halloween he's like a really cool guy i did a video interview with him last summer uh he messaged me on instagram he's like i saw that title and it scared the shit out of me <laughs> seeing how michael survived before i realized it was speculation so i feel like at that point he was like oh fuck did this leak too right <laughs> so i thought that was pretty funny but i i'm glad that they're, they finally announced it. I'm glad that everyone's coming back, it looks like, except maybe James Drew Courtney, but why wouldn't they bring him back? So, yeah. I, I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. I think the cool coolest thing about this is basically that we know that we're, for the first time, we're going to have one crew that works on basically a trilogy of Halloween movies. So it's like one overarching story that's going to be ho like sound self-contained if the third one is Halloween Ends where we're going to get a start-to-finish story contained, all done by the same crew, so we know that it's not going to go batshit nuts off the rails. Yes. I also think that Halloween Ends is not necessarily the franchise ending. I think this is ending Laurie Strode's story, so they yeah, can I, make Halloween more of an ethereal brand, you know? Right. They and maybe keep going Michael Myers as a right. spirit Or they could Halloween. go go do an anthology series, maybe try out something in the vein of Season of the Witch again and see how that goes and, you know, see if they want yeah. to make it something like that where they'll still do these style horror movies every year for Halloween, but they won't necessarily all be Michael Myers. Yeah, so what do you think of the titles? I guess what do you think of Halloween Kills? What do you think of Halloween Kills? That's the one people seem to be, have contentions with, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's not great like but but i don't really have an issue with it either um like i saw people saying they want it to be halloween returns and it's like no no they missed their chance with that last year <laughs> like that that was the halloween right. returns because right. the story they were working with is very similar to that halloween Returns script that almost got made so they already had a movie called halloween returns and they had their chance to call it that so that's not i also saw people be like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't call it Halloween 2 and Halloween 3, but they really should have called it Halloween 3 and Halloween 4. I don't understand why anyone would ever think that was even a remote possibility. <laughs> like, they're not... like. Of course, Universal said because the fans turned up to see Halloween last year, we're making two more movies. It is because fans turned up to see the movies, but the they're not marketing these Well, sorry if you guys just heard me hit my <laughs> mic. Uh, they're not making these movies... They're not marketing these movies to hardcore fans. They were doing that last year when they got The Mask, they got John Carpenter back, they got Jamie Lee Curtis back. That was like putting the chess pieces on the board. But as far as marketing goes... They don't care that this is Halloween 3. As far as they're concerned, Universal made a new trilogy of Halloween movies because Universal didn't make the original Halloween. They don't right. give a fuck. They're, this is their first Halloween movie in a trilogy last year. So this is their second and their third. 
They're not going to confuse the shit out of the average moviegoer by saying this is Halloween 3. People are going to be like, what was Halloween 2? Yeah. Where did that go? <laughs> and I saw... There's one YouTuber I saw... I kind of went back and forth with him a little bit, just like in a fun way. Uh, he wanted it to be called Halloween 3... Or like Halloween Season of the Shape as a nod to Halloween 3. Mm-hmm. Universal is never going to make a callback and a title to Halloween 3. Right. Because even though the fan sentiment has changed about that movie, it is seen as a massive failure in on the business end of things. So calling back to a movie that killed the franchise for a lot of people until Halloween 4 came back, not a wise move for, <laughs> for Universal. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, if you like the titles or don't like the titles, I, obviously they just had to drop the numerals altogether. Because putting a numeric at the end of it was just going to be confusing at this point. So I don't think you're going to see... You know, video games did this a long time ago. A lot of video games, like with the new console generation that is ending now, they dropped the the, the numerical titles. Like, yeah. God of War is God of War. Even though it's canonically God of War 4, or 5 even, or 6 or 7, it doesn't matter. Right. It's God of War, it's a soft reboot. And then, you know, like Infamous Second Son. Right, you're you're definitely going to start seeing that with movies, especially if this works for Universal. Because, what are the thing? What George? What what do you think the the top term is on YouTube when you put Halloween in? It's Halloween kills because people want to see Halloween kills right. from the yeah. movies. They want to see so kill the, compilations. Right. It's good. It, this is the most searchable term possible, and they're making it so when you search that, you're not going to get a bunch of kill scenes from Halloween anymore. You're going to get a little ad on YouTube for Halloween kills. You're right. going to get a little trailer. You're yes. going to get my videos on it, and Dave's videos, and everyone else's videos, you know? Right. So, and Halloween ends. It's a playoff Halloween ending explained. Like, <laughs> very simple. Obviously. Um, but... I don't. I just. I. I want to. I'm excited that there's speculation. I'm also excited that I have pretty much guaranteed two more years at least of Halloween videos to make. Like, I would have been happy if they com- if they confirmed one movie because right. that would mean I get until next October, where you know my I, I'm at peak viewership. But now I know that I'm going all the way until October 2021. That's great to hear. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, a, I'm just so excited. Yeah, cool announcement. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen this style where they announce two sequels at the same time. It's crazy uh, with release dates. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it either. I don't. I don't. I know for a fact I haven't seen it. <laughs> so we have release dates. I also think this is so much better than that rumor we heard that there was going to be a month between them. That would have just not worked. The, the reason that you want a whole year at least between these movies, this is actually really smart what they're doing. They're going to sit down and shoot these two movies back to back, right? Right. They're going to release, they're going to do test screenings for Halloween Kills. They're going to see how, how it plays in the theaters. They're going to probably change a couple things based on that feedback. But the opportunity they now have is they'll have a second movie already shot and edited by the time Halloween Kills comes out. I guarantee you that uh, Halloween yeah. Ends is pretty much done. Like, they're yeah. just sitting on it. Right. It'll just be on a shelf for a year. They can look at the feedback to Halloween Kills, go back and reshoot and re-edit. They have an entire year to do that for Halloween Ends. Which is, you know, a direct response to what went wrong for them on Halloween 2018. It's really smart. Yeah, definitely. So, it's in good hands. We're getting two more sequels. Big news. I'm very excited for this. This is just, it's good that, I hope they get these right, because we're going to have a definitive timeline, finally. Like right. the definitive Halloween timeline that isn't like right before Halloween 2018 came out and they started this new one, I would have called the definitive Halloween timeline like Halloween 1, 2, 4. And that's where it ends. <laughs> because Michael gets blown to shit at the end of 4, you know? Yeah, I mean, that was like his. Well, I mean, I guess the, the time he's been the most dead is the end of Halloween 2 when he's literally burning alive. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in 4, he also does shot to shit and pushed down a well so that was also a pretty good ending for him so yeah that's a pretty solid trilogy right there between one two and four you know like yeah i don't know i'm excited i'll I'll, obviously there's gonna be a ton of videos on this there's one up on my channel right now i got to work yesterday and i was like oh shit guys 
they announced two Halloween movies, and Ken was like, dude, do you want to shoot a video now? And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I shot it right when I got to work. It was pretty good. I love the camera I got to use. It was a Sony A7R II, which is like, my camera is like a, a-, a- 6300 mm-hmm. but the A7R shoots full frame. I might have to get one of those. Uh, the video quality was top notch. <laughs> top notch, looking good. Top notch, yeah. I was very happy with it. But anyways, we'll we'll keep going on the Halloween news, obviously. So welcome to your new Halloween podcast, guys. <laughs> uh, first piece of news we have here, we got the It Chapter 2. They're calling it the final trailer, but it's the only trailer because the other one was a teaser. I thought it was pretty good. Just yeah. like as far as It goes... What do they need to show? You know, they they showed right. what they needed to. Dairy Main, the Adult Losers Club, and Pennywise. It's like, yep, they're all coming back. Yeah, everything looks really good. Um, we see that uh, there's that cool carnival scene, the Hall of Mirrors. Um, you know, it just looks like there's some some scenes of the flashbacks to kids and back to adults. Uh, we saw this scene in the teaser where Beverly goes back to her childhood home. So it looks like they're incorporating some things from the book. Uh, probably deviating in other spots, but uh, trailer looks good. I'm I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I I think it's good that they're just showing off that they're doing it right because we already know the story of it. We all know that it's gonna die at the end, right? right. Pennywise is done. They're not gonna like change their minds or anything. But I think this movie's gonna make a ton of money, and they're gonna go back and do movies about you know the the great shootout at that bar, right? Right. The mafia yeah. Shootout, and they're yes. gonna do the great flood and all that shit. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, the book has a few, um, like, interludes in it where it goes back and explains events in Derry's history where Pennywise was a part of, like, causing chaos and death. So I could see them going back and doing that. Um, The last scene in this trailer makes me think that they're going to show at least one of them because it looks like... It's like an older Pennywise, like it's from an older time period or something. So they might yeah. do like one of those and then either save the other ones for other movies or, or make new ones up for sequels if it's still, if the demand is still there for more It movies. People are wondering when we're going to get more, you know, iconic villains like Michael Myers and Freddy and Jason and everyone. And Pennywise is no question one of those. The, yeah, this modern for sure. Pennywise that New Line has in their hands. Like, this is a return to form for New Line yeah, in a really I mean, cool way. The first one's excellent. You know, just made him so creepy and so interesting. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm happy to see how they expand on that in the sequel. Yeah, I would love to see a new slasher villain, though. I, I wish that the, the movie companies would go back to the slasher now that we have Halloween back and everything. So maybe New Line can keep Pennywise around and then come up with something new as well in yeah. the future. Hopefully uh, the Scream TV show did so bad that Blumhouse can get the rights to that back. So fucking... <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. You were like, it's good for what it is. And it's nah, like, okay, was, so it's bad. It was <laughs> like, terrible. What it is is bad. don't need to go into it, but it's terrible. <laughs> it, <laughs> I hate that excuse. It's good for what it is. But I, I, saw, I saw the classic line... Well, you know, they went in trying to make it like this. It's right. Like, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> if you say that, stop saying it. You, you look dumb when you say that, you out there. When you say they went in trying to make something look bad. No one goes in to try and make something look bad. It's like, that's like saying you walked into your final for English or history and you tried to do bad. It's like, no, you fucking didn't. Everyone's <laughs> trying to do a good job, you know? Right. They're doing the best they can with what they have, and it turns out that Queen Latifah doesn't know fucking anything about making a good Scream story. Shocker. <laughs> but they brought back the original mask, George. They yeah. brought back the original mask, dude. Yep. That That's all we needed. That was yep. all that was missing from the other two Scream, scream seasons yep. that were great. <laughs> that's what we really needed the whole time, was uh, the yeah. original mask, because that makes a series good. Yeah, but speaking of good shows... Uh, Netflix is apparently targeting this October to shoot Stranger Things 4, and that would put the release date around winter 2020 or spring 2021. I like that they're like, okay, we took the deviation to summer. Now we're going back to what works, which is Halloween, baby. This is a fucking October show. But I like the diversion. I think they made the best season with three. But yeah, I, I think I'm fun. glad that they're going back. I think it was a really fun, like, summer 
season. Like I think everything that they went out to do in three worked. Um, but it'll be cool, obviously, to go back to its roots and kind of have the darker, more autumnal feel. I agree. So I don't really have anything else to say there because we're going to talk about Stranger Things 3 in a little bit. Uh, we got the first images from the second season of Netflix's Mindhunter, and it shows Charles Manson and the son of Sam. So we've been waiting a lot. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, George. Like We are like, when the fuck is Mindhunter coming back? Because yeah. <laughs> it's been years, like plural. It's been a long time. But this new season is going to explore the Atlanta child murders. They were a series of killings that happened between 79 and 81. And at least 28 African-American children, teenagers, and adults were killed. So uh, we got everyone coming back to investigate them and Charles Manson and the son of Sam. And the weird thing here is that Damon Harriman plays Charles Manson in this show, but he also is playing him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) We talked about this a couple times, I know, but that's still funny. I mean, like, do you think you feel good as an actor when you're typecast as Charles Manson, or do you think it's, like, a bad feeling? It's kind of like what we just said with the Spider-Man voice actor. It's like, you you know what you're good at, and they're not afraid to stick with it. It's like, it's kind of arbitrary to me when movie companies are like, oh, like, I'm Warner Brothers, and I have... Charles Manson, for example, this is just, I'll pull it out of thin air. And then Universal is making a Charles Manson movie, and they're like, well, Warner Brothers just used him, so we cannot use this actor again. It's like, mm-hmm. why not? Right. You know he's good at it. But he looks dead on. Like, he looks like Charles yeah. Manson. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I feel like this breaks the stigma of doing that for the future. You know, it's like, yeah. well, they, they finally happened. So <laughs> everyone else will start follow suit. Because, you know, you know what Hollywood loves to do is just copy everyone else. Yeah. But um, so, I thought the first season of the show was really good. I um, did too. I so watched I'm, it twice. Yeah, I'm really excited for for this season, and it'll be cool to see Charles Manson and the Son of Sam. Yeah, we get the David Fincher uh, action back on this. He's just so good, so good at making stuff. Very excited. The new, the new, the new, the new shit on Switch though. This is this is what I'm excited for, George. <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Three. We knew it was coming out this year. We've known for a while. We finally got a release date, October 31st. We're going to get Gooigi on Halloween. Finally getting smart with this shit. First <laughs> Blumhouse comes back and they're like, all right, we're going to start putting out horror movies in Halloween time. And everyone's like, guys, you see what Blumhouse is doing? <laughs> they're, they're putting out horror movies around Halloween. Shit. I think we've got to start doing that. And then now Nintendo's like, oh shit, we have Luigi's Mansion. It's a ghost game. We're going to put her out around the best day of the year instead of in fucking August. Like they did <laughs> Luigi's Mansion 2. I am very excited for Luigi's Mansion 3. I saw it being played at E3. It looks very good. Luigi goes to a hotel and every floor is a different biome where you get to suck up ghosts and he has more combat options. Have you seen him? Like, have you seen any trailers for this game? I saw the announcement trailer. Um, that they had okay. at the Nintendo's E3 event, but I haven't seen anything other than that. So you know how in Luigi's Mansion 2, the whole mechanic is like pulling back on the ghosts to right. suck them up? Yep. So in this game, you grab onto them with the vacuum. It has some dumb name. I f- Poltergust. Mm-hmm. Pulled that one out of my head. Uh, <laughs> and then you swing them around and beat their ass onto the wall <laughs> and the floor until they're knocked out. And then you suck them up. <laughs> So, Luigi is, like, horrifically beating these ghosts to a pulp. I love it. (laughs) And we get Gooigi. Yeah, and Gooigi. I know you like Gooigi. Love Gooigi. Uh, I have a controversial stance on Gooigi, which is that he should be euthanized. (laughs) Oh, my God. Gooigi. I don't like Gooigi. Gooigi was, like... So, uh, Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon or whatever had multiplayer, and they were like, we can't just have two Luigis running around, so... They invented Gooigi. And everyone's like, that's disgusting. Why would you do that? And they're like, let's just make him a main character. <laughs> it's like, okay. But this game looks awesome. I'm very excited for it. I Just the use of color. I didn't realize how well neon-type colors could pop on the Switch mm-hmm. until I saw that intro cutscene for Ultimate Alliance 3. Like, the Guardian stuff right. just looks great. So this game's whole vibe is perfect for the Switch. And also, I've been playing this game, Katana Zero, it's yet another Hotline Miami style game, but this time it's 2D, and you're like, uh, it's like, you would love this game. I'm just realizing now. It's a uh, like you're a samurai in a Blade Runner esque world, and they've got the same like um, Carpenter Brut style music in the okay. soundtrack, 
but you're you're infiltrating buildings and like murdering thugs. Yeah. But you running through the level is this guy running through it in his head. So then after you beat the level, you get to see VHS footage of him doing your run, that and that's him awesome. actually doing it. So if you die, he'll be like, "No, that's not right." Right. So it's so like explaining when you that beat mechanic. the level, it shows like the complete perfect run where you go in and just destroy everyone. Yeah, and it's just a direct capture of your run, so it's not like someone else doing it. You're That's like, cool. oh, I remember when I did this. Yeah, that game's like 10 bucks. I highly recommend it. You would really like it. On Switch? Yeah. If I can tear myself away from uh, Ultimate Alliance 3, oh, I'll check yeah. it out. That's, that'll be a good next one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, this is disappointing news. Christopher Landon, director and writer of uh, Happy Death Day 1 and Happy Death Day to You. There was a rumor going around, thanks to the idiots over at We, uh, we Got This Covered, saying that he was working on Happy Death Day 3, and lo and behold, they were wrong again, because they just <laughs> fucking... I feel like they just go out on the street and ask people, like, hey, <laughs> do you know if they're making a Happy Death Day 3 you? And then it's like, yeah, yeah, dude, I heard that. They're like, oh, we got a rumor from a highly trusted source. <laughs> and it's just like the guy who sits at the bus stop. Right, like they but, ask a homeless um, guy, and he's just like, I don't even know what you're asking. Yeah, he's like, I don't, I don't know. So... <laughs> Christopher Landon said, since I keep reading stuff about it, I'll say it loud. There is no Happy Death Day 3 in development. It's just a rumor. Unless Netflix wants to pony up and finish the trilogy, it just ain't happening. That sucks so much ass. Like, <laughs> I, I bet it also sucks for him. Obviously, he's upset about this because that's, like, his baby. It's not. It's hard to make a new IP like that. And it was done so well. Like, yeah, it, at, at least it got a sequel. I thought the sequel was very good. Like, at least comparable to the original one. Um, yeah, it's great. So it sucks that like, we don't get a third one. But at least we got two great movies out of it. And two is a good ending. They're saying that th the ending of two, the like stinger after credits, was like leading into the third movie. Mm -hmm. But I think it's loose enough to just stand on its own. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's I could. Fine. It's one of those situations where, like, if they continue with that story, I could see it being really bad. Like,. I, yeah, me too. Even in the sequel, there were, like, some parts where, like, it, it was definitely, like, retreading on old ground, and it felt like it wasn't completely fresh. Um, right. And so that was, like, definitely a really big deviation from the original plot, so I don't know how that would have worked. You know, it could have been good, it could have been kind of, like, Bad. weird and experimental. So maybe it's better that we don't get a third one, but um, at least we got two good ones out of it. Yeah, but you know what is coming back? Creepshow on Shudder in September of this year. Led by Greg Nicotero. We finally got a trailer out of Comic-Con. They put up a poster for it, and I don't think the poster is very good. It shows the, like, creep guy, who's, I guess, the Crypt Keeper-esque character of the show. Just doesn't look right, but the trailer was great. The trailer quelled all my fears 24 hours later. Yeah, I thought lot, this was a really good trailer. A lot of practical effects in the trailer. You can see so many they're doing effects. a lot of puppets and makeup and <laughs> everything. So it looks awesome. It looks really good. Um, I think this could be like the first show that Shudder puts out that'll keep people around other than Joe Bob. You know, like they'll come for the Joe Bob, but then they'll see that there's other original stuff to watch on Shudder, and they might also pick this up. I feel like this is going to be a big, like, groundbreaking show for Shudder. going to be their first big, like, original show. Yeah, I I don't have any complaints. It looks like Creepshow still, which is the most important thing to me. There's two of those movies. They have an identity. Uh, I'm glad that they're sticking with it. Creepshow 1 and 2 are definitely perfect for, like, a Joe Bob episode. Also. Yeah, definitely. If they want to do some kind of event to hype up um, the new season, you know, when it comes out in September, I could see them doing some kind of, like, one-off Joe Bob special where he comes in and just does the two creep show movies or something. I agree. So we're going to roll right into these next two trailers, George, and then I think we should talk about our movies because we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, first trailer it was Three from Hell. We finally got a full trailer for it, and it looked bad. <laughs> <laughs> People were asking me to do a video on it, and I was like, no, you don't want that. <laughs> yeah, uh, looks a little rough. Um, I mean, still, I, you know, we're still going to definitely go see it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look great to me. Uh, it's cool that Rob Zombie gets to finish this trilogy, you know, that he gets to make another movie that he wants to make, but I, I just don't know if it's, if it's going to be all that good. I just, 
I go to bat for Rob Zombie a lot. I'm just not on board with calling yourself, uh, calling your new movie a masterpiece of horror before it's even out. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's just cool it there. I mean, it looks like a it looks like a Rob Zombie movie. People were kind of like freaking out though because um, the three from Hell does not include Captain Spaulding in this one. He's on the poster, but the real three are Baby Otis and uh, this new character played by Richard Brake. But everyone loves Richard Brake. If it, like all the Rob Zombie fans love him, they're just like, oh, well, like, why isn't Captain Spaulding more prominently featured? And it's like, cause he's fucking so old. <laughs> like, what do you want him to do? Like, he's that guy. Sid Haig is so old. But he like, was he's like happy. To, he's excited to be in the movie, right? Yeah. Like, he's in it. He's I just got, not Captain Spaulding anymore. I get the criticism though, cause like Captain Spaulding. I think is inarguably the best character from the first. Yeah, two he is the best character of the first two. Like, no he has question. A, a ton of like personality. Like every scene he's in, he steals it. His character design is cool. Like he's an old clown that's a piece of shit and is like a criminal. Like <laughs> owns a fried chicken. Owns restaurant. a fried chicken restaurant. Like he's just he has a lot of personality, and I think without him, this series would have never gotten as big as it did. So I see why. Like, not featuring him prominently kind of rubs people the wrong way. Yeah, I totally get that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'll, I'm going to see it. I'm going to go to that Fathom event because, you know, did, I looked at the rating for that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, I've got to buy my ticket still. It's NC-17. Really? Yes. So, so he, he's so. gone all out this time. <laughs> yeah, that makes me <laughs> very excited. <laughs> And then we also got the Witcher trailer out of Comic-Con. I thought it was great. It looks like the Witcher. You know, like, it looks very high budget. The monster effects look awesome. Henry Cavill came out, and he's like, yeah, the reason I'm playing Geralt is because I played all three games. So, George, <laughs> we have three members of our club now. People who Someone actually went back and played games. the Witcher 1, other than us. Yeah, he was, like, he was like, no, I played these games as they came out, and I fucking loved them. So when I heard Net, he was like, every time I play them, I'd be like... Yo, Nef- someone should make a movie out of this or a show. And the Netflix he heard was making one, so he told his agents to be like, "Yo, get me in the show." And they were like, "Okay, okay." So they got him in, and apparently, like, he went ham on like uh, practicing the sword techniques and yeah. stuff to make them right from the game. He was like, "I have four swords at work, four on set, <laughs> four at home." He's like, "I always had a sword in my hand to just get used to the weight, like same way Geralt does." Uh, so that trailer was great. I have no complaints with that shit. Yeah. I think he looks really good as Geralt. Uh, I'm not sure about anything else. Like, I think that the monster effects look cool. <laughs> yeah. I don't... It looks like the, the swamp from The Witcher 1. Yeah, like, that looks sweet. Like, I think the scenes where he fights monsters and the action scenes are going to be really good. I just don't know. Because, like, to me, The Witcher series is kind of about, like... So it focuses on Geralt, who's basically just a bounty hunter. And it's basically, like, he's in this world that all these things just happen around him. Like, yeah. he, he definitely has his own path, and he doesn't give a shit about, like, the politics or who's king or whatever. He just has something he needs to do, and he just goes and does it. And I think this show is going to focus on, like, the politics of the world and just It's going to focus on that and his relationship with Siri. Like, it, this is pulling from the books, which I've read now, so mm-hmm. I kind of get the context they're going for. It's very... If they do it right... Anything involving Geralt will be, like, him just trying to raise Siri and help her make, like, smart decisions right. about her life. And <laughs> they'll kind of get thrust into a bigger conflict because of Yennefer, really. And so that's what it looks like they're doing. The books are way more in line with The Witcher 3. Like, 1 and 2 are kind of... The Witcher 1 and 2 are original stories, and then they kind of brought the the, the fork, forked path back to reintroduce Siri. Mm-hmm. So if you like... Uh, I keep saying Siri and my phone went off. If you <laughs> like The Witcher 3 story, I think you'll like the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely excited for it. I think, like I said, he, uh, he looks awesome as Geralt, and I think that the action scenes and the monster effects are going to be really cool. Um, and I feel like this could be, like, a big show for Netflix. Like, I think this could be one of their new, like, flagship shows if it if it's done right. Me too. So we're going to take a quick break. George is going to tell me about Crawl. We're going to talk about Stranger Things. And then I've been on a John Carpenter binge quest, so I'm going to tell you guys about <laughs> Prince of Darkness. Uh, yep, be right back.
All right, George, tell me about Crawl. So this movie is currently sitting at a very high, certified fresh 88%, produced by Sam Raimi, directed by Alexandra Aja. It's an alligator movie set during a hurricane in Florida. Do you agree with the sentiment of critics? Is this the best monster movie of the summer? I'd say probably. Like, I think it probably is the best monster movie of the summer. It's, it's a really fun movie, and the effects are done well. It's like a fairly unique story. So the setup of it is essentially um, this young woman is a, um, she's on the swim team for like the University of Florida or something. And so her sister calls her and she's like, hey, have you heard from dad? And she's like, no, I haven't heard from him. She goes to find her dad and, it's a, and he's knocked out in the crawl space of their house in the middle of a Category 5 hurricane. So she goes down into... What was he doing down there? He was, like, fixing. So, essentially, they had this house that... <laughs> okay. Um, this is, like, all explained later in phase of the movie, but... So, they owned a house together. The parents got divorced, and then the dad was going to sell the house, but he ended up not selling the house because he had a connection to it because it's, like, where his whole family was. It's last time they were, like, together as a family. So, he's, like, okay. trying to keep it up and, like, trying to sell it at the same time. So, he was down working on something in the basement. He gets attacked by an alligator and, like, kind of crawls back into this like back corner of the crawl space she goes in and finds him and then they realize that there's also not one not two not even three but four alligators hanging out (laughs) and unfortunately (laughs) the basement the uh line to the lake outside (laughs) burst so there's a direct access point that more alligators can swim in from to get into the crawl space in the of this home (laughs) that sounds awesome uh so does it feel like a Raimi movie, even though he just produced it? I'm assuming he was on set and kind of gave some advice to Alexandra. Yeah, I mean, Aja. it's definitely, like, like, I don't know. If there's not a lot of, like, goofiness to it. Like, I think it's kind of, like, a Raimi quality. But Okay, that's like definitely the, fair. The, the monsters are cool. The gore is good. Um, like, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. But the dad gets his arm bit off. Like, <laughs> he has a flare in his hand, and he's, like, trying to guide the daughter back over to him, and an alligator jumps out of the water and bites his arm off. Because he's um, holding up a flare? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, my perspective seems like that was his fault. Yeah, probably not not the smartest decision. <laughs> um, I don't want to pass blame here. <laughs> uh, there's a little dog in the movie also named Sugar that is a constant point of stress because you don't want the dog eaten by the alligators. Um, right. But the, the actual house effects are amazing. Like, the house being destroyed by the hurricane, they I think they had to have built the house as, like, a set and literally just poured a shit ton of water into it and destroyed it because it looks real. Okay, I like that. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to check it out because I was sick, but I would like to. Tonight I am seeing Spider-Man again, but I will probably <laughs> check it out this weekend. That sounds great. I recommend it. I, I think it's a really fun monster movie. I mean, like, the, it's not the greatest story ever, um, but I think that it's cool that it's, like, a grounded threat. It's alligators. How does it compare to the Meg? That's a good question for you. So the Meg was definitely, like, over the top. The Meg was, like, made to be, like, a way over the top. There's a shark that's, like, larger than life hanging out, and it's, like, you know, you have action hero Jason yeah. Statham to stop it. So it's, like, that's a very, like, big blockbuster, you know, it feels like it's made for, like, a... Uh, like overseas audience that likes the transformers and stuff like that in warcraft and this feels like a homegrown return to classic like i would say this is closer to jaws than the meg is closer to jaws oh okay i like that that's a good way to put it so what would you give it out of five i give this a solid three okay that's pretty good i recommend you seeing it if you have any interest in it and i think if it comes to any streaming platforms, I'm going to watch it again. Okay, cool. I'll check that out. So next up, we should talk about Stranger Things real quick. Uh, we, we don't need to wax poetic on this because at this point, everyone's talked about it at length. Yeah. But I think personally, it's the best season yet. Just from a, it's very lean, very movie-like. The effects got a bump. The character study on Hopper and Joyce and all of the kids growing up is great. Steve continues to be awesome. Like, the, there's li- literally nothing... That stands out to me as overtly negative about it. I just, I just think they, like, achieved the goal they set out to achieve with it. Yeah. Um, what I really like about it is, at this point, 
in the series, we have all the characters feel like they're developed at this point. We know what their motivations are. You know, we kind of know how they're going to... We don't need to waste time on, like, building relationships between characters. Like, we know right. who everybody is at this point, and now we're just seeing, like... This season, it really hit its stride where we know what everyone's doing, and everyone's just working together and using their strengths to their best, you know, the best way possible. And the Mind Flayer as uh, overarching threat worked really well. Like, I think that is cooler than um, what, you know, like if they would have just brought another Demigorgon back or something. Like, I think the Mind Flayer is an interesting overarching villain, and I think the way they incorporated him in this season was done really well. Yeah. And just the ending is cool. leaves the doors open for more possibilities in the future. I hope that they continue to get it right. People think that four is going to be the last one. I think they'll do five. Yeah, I think they've always said that they plan on doing a fifth season. So I think they said like at least five seasons, the Duffer Brothers. So yeah, this one had no soft reboot or soft reboot. This one had no soft pilot for another show which automatically makes it better than season two, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I mean... The I only... was missing the Halloween vibe, though. Like, I really was. Yeah, I mean, I think that the negatives are... Uh, I didn't like Lucas's little sister as a character very much. No, people were saying, like, she gets so close to being annoying, that, but she still <laughs> remains... It's like, no, you're just trying to say that because you saw other people saying they liked her. She's terrible. Yeah, like, like she... The, the actress is doing a good job playing the role that was given to her, but the role is just not good. Right. Like, as a character, she's meant to be annoying. And it, like... Like, I didn't see her adding any benefit to the show. Like, I didn't see her, like, part of the group formation adding anything. But, um... So, I'd say that was, like, my biggest negative. Like, I thought that her her as a character wasn't great. I thought it was a little weird that they, like, built up this Billy redemption, even though he was, like, a big piece of shit in the second season. Yeah. And continues they to be a really piece of shit in this him. season. So it's like, oh, you show one scene of him being abused, even though he abused his sister last season. So I, I understand why he's like this. It's like, okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, that explains it. Right. <laughs> um, but I thought it was really fun. Like, I thought that, I like that they diverted for a season to the summer. Like, I thought they nailed the summer vibe and I thought everyone looked cool. You know, Hopper and his, like, uh, Miami Vice shirt and stuff was cool. Uh and they, you know, his, like, massive anger problems. I, I saw some people saying that that was, like, problematic, that he's so angry all the time. But I think that's just part it's of not. his character at this point, where he's they're just TV kind of... They're TV characters. Right. Like, <laughs> they're not real humans, you know? Um, yeah. Lighten but, up. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Like, Alexi, such a sweetheart. The Bob Newby of this season. He's uh, a great character. <laughs> just, like... Uh, we got more of that. I forget what the character's name is, but um, that guy that was the Russian translator who like lives out in the shed was was oh, great. Oh yeah, Murray Con- or whatever. Yeah, continues to be a really like fun, cool addition to the show, and I-, I just thought it was a great season. I'm excited for more. Yep. So George, when I was sick, I watched. I went on this like Shutter slash Amazon Prime binge fest. Mm-hmm. I watched Prince of Darkness, which is uh that was previously a hole in my John Carpenter. Uh, I guess watch list. I don't know. I had never seen it before is what I'm trying to say. Yep. And have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't seen Prince of Darkness. It's fucking awesome. So Donald Pleasance is in it, which is an automatic win. Yeah. But it's shot so well, obviously, because it's John Carpenter. It's shot so well that it looks like it could have came out like last year. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous how good this movie looks. It looks like Stranger Things. Like that's how well it was shot. So immediately it gets points for that. You've got tons of character actors from other John Carpenter movies, like female and male. You the 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 main character is really Donald Pleasance to me. And then you've got the younger Asian guy from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Yeah. So good cast right out of the gate. Basically it's in Los Angeles, of course, I think. Mm-hmm. It's in some Los Angeles-esque Californian city. They find Satan underneath a church, and he is in a bottle of green goo. Okay. And the whole movie is basically like, how do we stop Satan from coming back? Deals with really cool themes, has some really cool scary imagery, very Carpenter-esque monsters and just body horror and possession. There's also this whole element in the third act, or really throughout the entire movie, where 
because these care oh you've got the, the old asian guy from uh, big trouble in little china as well they all hold a hole up in this church where they find the goo so they can stop this before it happens mm-hmm. um all the while they're being attacked by satan's minions who are basically zombie-like people that are very reminiscent of that guy in In the Mouth of Madness with the big axe. Uh-huh. So, very cool on their own. Some good fight scenes in this. And when the characters go to sleep while they're in this church trying to figure everything out, they have found footage segments inside the church <laughs> beamed into their head as dreams. That, that show awesome. them the future. And they're short, they're fleeting, but they're very scary. And they're done really well. The score is top-notch because it's John Carpenter. Right. It's a a great movie. It's it's the third movie in his Apocalypse trilogy. Yeah, so it's what? Which is The Thing, thing, um, Mouth Mouth of Madness, Madness and this. It's on Shudder for free if you have a subscription. I highly recommend this movie. I would give it like a four out of five stars. I I think think it's one of John Carpenter's best movies. I think I'm going to watch that today. Yeah. (laughs) I love the other two movies in that trilogy. I think uh, Mouth of Madness is like very overlooked uh but that, awesome that's a movie, movie that benefits from like a double watch it's a lot like hereditary in that sense where you're like oh like i get it the the out of time stuff you know the time loopy type things right. are in order i watched the review on red letter media's channel about in the mouth of madness and mm-hmm. they make a great point that like sutter kane is obviously a reference to, to stephen king but they acknowledge multiple times that stephen king exists in the universe <laughs> of that movie right yeah, it's weird. So it'd be like if there was another Stephen King, like another guy who was putting out like five massive horror books a year that were like very well received, which d- yeah, doesn't exist. Yeah, and speaking of John Carpenter's Stephen King, another movie I watched was Christine, which I Great have not movie. seen in a long time. That movie is phenomenal. It is so good. John Carpenter says he directed it as a job. Basically, he came off the thing, which was, you know critically panned and made no money but so he was like but it's Fuck. one of those that and i think it's happens to a lot of his movies where like yeah tons of them right it, it comes out it's panned and then somebody watches it and just goes i don't know what the fuck people were thinking this movie's awesome right like the thing is a perfect movie it's like, you can't get much better than the thing so he but anyways back in the day it was not considered to be perfect like it is now mm-hmm. so he was like he got offered this movie to he basically got offered two Stephen King scripts. Like, Stephen King wrote up treatments, sent them over to this producer. It was like, I, what do you think of these two movies? The producer chose Christine. John Carpenter signed on because he was like, okay, I'm being offered a directorial role. I need to take it to keep myself right. financially viable. Ended up being a great movie. Just an awesome movie with about two friends. One's a nerd, one's a jock. The hot girl comes and she joins the school. She's the new girl. He gets a the nerd gets a car that automatically makes him cool. Turns out it's possessed. They changed some things up from the Stephen King story, all for the better. Obviously, it's shot really well. It's shot in that super wide aspect ratio, just like every John Carpenter movie. Some awesome effects of the car rebuilding itself yeah. and being blown up. Apparently, they had 18 different versions of Christine. Really? That, and only two of them made it out of the movie. That's crazy. Um, so that movie holds up. They could put that movie out in theaters today, and I think it would do great. Yeah, I mean, as with like any Carpenter movie, you could probably, you could probably do that. Yeah, there's just not a lot of there. The it's also it stands removed from a lot of John Carpenter's other movies because it doesn't share a lot of his usual cast members, so it right. feels new and fresh, even though it's an older movie. So <laughs> I don't know. I guess he lost his touch after. Uh, I think it's Prince of Darkness is where people he started to lose people. Yeah. And cuz I don't think anyone's going to go back and say like The Ward or Ghosts of Mars were overlooked classics cuz Ghosts <laughs> what about, of Mars uh, is terrible. What, what's the public opinion on uh, Children of the Damned? I don't know. I I've never seen that movie. <laughs> the footage from the concert. Uh, yeah, when he played really it at the creepy. concert, it looked creepy. I mean, have you seen it? No, I haven't I haven't seen that one either, but I I just remember that one distinctly at the concert uh when they were playing those. Huh. Scenes Let me it. look it up. <laughs> um, speaking I'm of up right now. John Carpenter concerts, though, uh, the Salem Horror Fest that we went to last year uh, put out like a poll on Twitter for like who who would people be interested in seeing if they came back this year for the uh, film festival, and it looks like John Carpenter is the favorite. 
And that'd be really fucking cool if John Carpenter came and played a concert at the Salem Horror Fest. Uh, that would be dope. I would love to go to Salem Horror Fest again. Oh, it's Village of the Damned. No, oh. that's the movie we're talking about. You were talking about a movie from 1965, which is like a classic. No. Oh. So Village of the Damned had a budget of 22 million and made nine million. So okay. not good. So it didn't do well at the box office. Uh, people don't like that movie. Okay, there we go. Now we know. Actually, some people like it. Who knows? <laughs> he says, uh, but John Carpenter said it was a contractual assignment, which he is not very passionate about, and apparently it shows. So maybe I'll check that movie out one day. I doubt it. <laughs> I really like um, Prince of Darkness and In the Mouth of Madness, though. Yeah. I really... I want to go to Salem Horror Fest. I would love to be a guest at one of these things. I don't know what the process is for that, but... I, don't, I feel like the horror world has not discovered YouTubers in the same way that they have discovered writers, you know, which is yeah. fine. But I, that's just something I'd really like to go to as a guest. So I don't know if, you, if you're out there and you're one of my YouTube fans. <laughs> tell the Salem Horror Fest you want to see me at that convention, I guess. <laughs> but I would love to go see that. I hope they can figure out how to get John Carpenter. They mentioned him on Twitter and they were like, how many retweets do we need for this? Yeah. Which is kind of a played out thing. At this point, it's, it's like, also like something that John Carpenter probably doesn't give a shit about. Like Twitter, he, he doesn't yeah. care if they get a million retweets or if they get a retweet. Like it makes no difference to him. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they could get him. I feel like they have a lot of bargaining chips, being the Salem Horror Fest. Yeah, totally. And, and having premiered Halloween last year. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be awesome. I would definitely go back and and see him. Yeah, me too. But um, that's all I got for you guys this week. I don't really have anything else to say other than I will be at the Midsummer Scream in two weeks. Um, I'm just going to be walking the show floor again like I was last year. And then next weekend, I'm going to be at Fangoria's Camp Fangoria. It's like a rooftop screening of Evil Dead 2, The Burning, and Sleepaway Camp. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it's hosted by the Shockwaves podcast podcast. Nice. Sans Ryan Turek. Oh. Just, it's uh, Elric, Rebecca, and Rob, which are, they're all great as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, it sounds like a cool event. Another event, come say hi to me if you see me. I'm very approachable. Um, and by the time you're listening to this podcast, I might have 20,000 subscribers. So thank you for that. <laughs> a premature congratulations. Yay. I only need like uh, 50 more. <laughs> i just looked so that's cool uh that's all i got you got anything george nope that's all i had bye